0: Okay, Brian, what boy band do you think these fans are cheering for? Uh, that's got
1: to be the Beatles, right?
0: Right, the original boy band. Now, how about these fans?
1: I'm going to say One Direction.
0: Yeah, not so different, right?
1: I think I see what's happening
0: here. (laughs) Yes, yes, you do. So let's do it.
1: Hey, I'm Brian Barone.
0: And I'm John Lago Marcino. You're listening to Tuner,
1: the show about songs you
0: really like and why you like them. Today's song is Olivia by One Direction. I
1: What Olivia makes me think of right away is just how much One Direction resembles the
0: Beatles these days. That's true. There's just four of them now, which is very Beatles. And both groups are British, of course. And both are really, really famous for their hair. And,
1: of course, the song Olivia itself draws pretty directly on a bunch of standard Beatles maneuvers, which I think is a major part of its charm.
0: One of the remarkable things about the Beatles' musical vocabulary is that it still works so well whenever musicians want to borrow from it. Somehow, it can be adapted and referenced and straight-up copied without sounding particularly stale or old. And pretty explicit
1: reference, or maybe tribute, is exactly what's going on in Olivia.
0: Let's listen to the very beginning of the song. Check out the chunky, quarter-note-driven electric guitar part that's panned hard to the right. (laughs) ¶¶ Remember the day we were giving up When you told me I didn't give you
1: enough And all of your friends were saying I'd be leaving you And now let's listen to the iconic opening of the Beatles' Getting Better. It's getting better all the
0: time
1: I used to get Same setup, right? A quarter note driven,
0: sharply attacked electric guitar part. Again, One Direction's clearly not trying to be sneaky here. We're definitely supposed to hear the reference, and I think it's supposed to lend the song a timeless quality, which is one potential effect of drawing on a classic vocabulary in any of the arts.
1: So, we've already mentioned the importance of quarter notes in that guitar figure, but let's also look at how they contribute to a Beatlesy groove in general.
0: For today's purposes, we can think of a quarter note as the kind of note that measures out one beat. So, each beat equals one quarter note, and each quarter note equals one beat. Since this song puts four beats in each measure, the quarter name works out really well. It's not always this neat, but in this case, we're lucky. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four.
1: We've talked a bunch before about a drum groove that's basically the standard background for most songs in the rock and roll tradition. It features the hi-hat playing twice every beat, and the kick and snare drum playing on alternating beats, with a pronounced accent on each snare.
0: Both the quicker moving hi-hat and the spaced out snare hits blur our focus on each individual beat a little bit. Instead, we live accent to accent, locking into what's called the backbeat.
1: But a favorite trick of the Beatles, which One Direction borrows here, was to sometimes use a groove that weakens this effect a little, giving slightly more equal treatment to each beat.
0: Practically speaking, that means one or a bunch of the instruments plays a part made up of persistent, clearly marked quarter notes. Like here.
1: Eleanor Rigby Picks up the rice in the church Where a wedding has
0: been Or here. Let's all
1: get up and
0: dance to
1: a song That was a hit before
0: your mother
1: was born. Or here. On is a banker with a motor car The little children having him behind his back Not surprisingly, this is exactly what we find in Olivia, too. Even the usually busy hi-hat gets in on the quarter note action. Check it out. Drums, bass, and both electric guitars feature predominantly quarter note rhythms here in the chorus. You can still hear some backbeat accent on beats two and four, but notice that this particular groove makes you want to bob your head on all four beats in each measure. Now, I'm not a great dancer, so maybe this is just me, but this kind of feel seems a bit harder to dance to than something with a more pronounced backbeat. What this quarter note feel is good for, though, is marching.
0: Both One Direction and The Beatles are British, of course, so we're probably justified in hearing this groove as an echo of British military and brass band music. And this wasn't the only way the Beatles sometimes looked beyond traditional rock and roll sounds. Along with producer and so called fifth Beatle George Martin, they often used string, brass, and other instruments that you don't find in most rock bands. Here's an example of the Beatles using a string arrangement. Now compare that to the whole section that One Direction gives over to the strings, which itself is a pretty interesting thing to do in a pop song. And you hear some brass instruments come in toward the second half of this section, which might remind us of Penny Lane. So, clearly, there's a ton of Beatles-y stuff going on in Olivia. And that's not even to mention that the name Olivia fits in almost too perfectly with all those Beatles characters with slightly unusual, interesting, musical-sounding names. Prudence, Michelle, Martha, Rita, Desmond, Sadie, Maxwell, Vera, Jojo, Loretta...
1: Rocky. Rocky. But it turns out that the Beatles might not be the only source for quotation and reference in Olivia.
0: Listen to this moment in the song's bridge, specifically the word imagination. Live in my imagination. It sounds an awful lot like Gene Wilder in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
1: In a world of pure imagination. We have no idea what that could mean, or even if it's intentional. Nope. But it's definitely there.
0: Yep. And then there's the song's hook, which really stands out, since the whole band stops playing so it can be sung out in the open. Oh, I love you, I love you, I
1: love, I love, I love Olivia.
0: The first time I heard Olivia, this moment instantly
1: reminded me of another recent-ish pop song, Himes the Wire, whose hook is really similar. Both have a descending shape, and both are sung a cappella after the accompaniment dramatically drops out.
0: I just know, I know, I know, I know that you're gonna be okay anyway. In fact, if we examine the rhythm of these two hooks, it gets pretty hard not to think that Olivia is giving a sly nod to the wire. In the central measure of these hooks, both songs play a little game of groups of two notes versus groups of three.
1: In the wire, the pattern goes two, 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 three, three, which we'd count one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three. And here it is in the real thing.
0: One two one no, two one no, two one two three one two three. 2, 1, okay anyway. In Olivia, the pattern goes three three two two two, Which we'd count
1: One two three one two three one two one two one two.
0: And here that is in the real thing oh, One two three you, one two you, three you, one two love love one two one two.
1: Now, something like this is uncommon enough that we're probably safe assuming that there's an illusion going on here just based on the presence of this game
0: in the first place. But then there's this. Olivia's pattern is the mirror image of the wires. Remember, the wire is 2 2 2, then 3 3, while Olivia is 3 3, then 2 2 2. Very clever! So now that we're clued into just how sophisticated Olivia is, let's look at the really lovely and totally Beatles like chords at the end of the chorus. To explain what's going on
1: here, we'll have to talk about John's absolute favorite sound in all of music. Woo! Here's the spot we're thinking of. The first thing to note is the line played by the strings, which is what really gives the passage its character. It goes like this. Which can be simplified a little bit down to this.
0: A line like this is called chromatic, which in this case means with extra color, since it uses some notes that don't properly belong in the key of the song. In European music theory, doing this has traditionally been heard to spice up or add color to music. The opposite of chromatic notes are diatonic notes, and they do belong in the key. This particular line alternates diatonic and chromatic. Diatonic, chromatic, diatonic, Chromatic. As you might imagine,
1: any time a bit of music features notes that go outside of a given key, the chords that go with those notes will also have to be from outside the key. We call these borrowed chords, since they're borrowed from some other key. Again, the passage we're listening to is going to alternate diatonic and borrowed chords, and you'll hear how the borrowed chords introduce a little extra tension and interest. Diatonic chord, borrowed chord. Diatonic chord. Borrowed
0: chord. The first one of those borrowed chords is one we introduced last week, the secondary dominant.
1: And the second borrowed chord, the last one in the whole progression, is John's favorite thing. It's called a minor four chord.
0: Yes. We could bore you with the explanation of that name and how this chord works and where it came from, but suffice it to say that Olivia is in a major key, and this chord is borrowed from its parallel minor key and that chord happens to be a minor chord. So instead of getting super deep about that, I thought I could just play you all of my favorite minor four chords, and I think you'll hear right away why it's both the cheesiest and greatest sound in all of music. I don't belong here Wake me up When September ends We belong
1: About like John, and okay, me too, the Beatles also savored a good minor four now and again. In my life,
0: I love you more. So, what we're noticing about Olivia and One Direction is that there's some pretty sophisticated stuff going on here you have got chromatic harmony with borrowed chords, polymetric craftiness, and what someone much, much nerdier than us might call intertextuality. It's the kind of
1: stuff we might miss if we took a dismissive attitude toward a group that was formed on a TV singing show, which I think a lot of people do. And it also reminds us that some listeners missed how great the Beatles were at first.
0: Since this album looks likely to be One Direction's last, it's fitting that they recorded this tribute to the Fab Four, who, in lots of ways, were the forerunners to more recent boy bands.
1: Which for me anyway, means we ought to keep an eye out for the next bunch of guys with really cool hair.
0: So definitely not us. Thanks for listening. Tuner is Brian Barone and me, John lago Marcino.
1: This week's song, Olivia, was performed by One Direction, who are Neil Horan, Liam Payne, Harry Styles, and Louis Tomlinson. It was written by Harry Styles, Julian Bonetta, and John Ryan.
0: The song is on the album Made in the AM and was produced by John Ryan and Julian Bonetta. It was mastered by Tom Coyne. Special thanks this week to Caitlin Tiffany.
1: If you like the show, you can visit us at our website, tuner.show, and follow us on Twitter, at Tuner Show.
0: And make sure to subscribe and tell your friends about the show. Just search for Tuner on iTunes or any other podcast app. And if you really, really like the show, we'd really appreciate it if you left a rating or a review on iTunes, because that goes a long way.
1: Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another
0: episode.